God has called us to join together um, for the sake of community uh, so that uh, together uh, we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. It's the idea of belonging and uh, being a part of uh, a group. It goes back to our identity and who we are in Christ and we identify together uh, so that we're stronger together. Uh, so I call Colonial Heights our tribe. It's our people. It's how we do life together. Encourage one another, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Belonging to some place, that knowing, uh, knowing that we have somebody that we can rely on through good times and bad times, um, it tells me that I have support, um, especially us coming from India and not having any family around. Uh, the church has been where we always belonged. To us, belonging uh, means being a part of a group of people or a community that, that shares an identity. Uh, and uh, the fact that we uh, can belong here at Colonial Heights with a, a church family that uh, shares the identity in Christ uh, and shares the, the mission statement of, of making disciples uh, for Christ uh, that's what uh, attaches us and uh, makes us feel like we belong here. Uh, we belong for me is home. So it's somewhere where you're totally yourself, where you walk in and you know whoever that you're going to talk to is going to ask you, hey, how are you today? And they're also going to stand there and wait for the answer because they want to genuinely know how are you. Um, and if it's something other than it's fine, or I'm doing fine, or I'm great today, they're going to ask follow-up questions to know how they can pray for you, how they can support you. And so I think belonging comes with um, the genuine care that comes when you walk in the door. You know, we always like to belong to something, whether it's a team or uh, something like that. But when we think about we belong, boy, we're grateful to belong to a congregation and a church family who love each other. Uh, and who want to take care of each other, who want to sing praises to God together, and who want to study God's Word together. And if you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as we continue to think about whatever it takes. Uh, certainly, if you are a uh, a guest with us today, first-time guest. I want you to know we are uh, in this series helping us understand that we want to do whatever it takes to make Christ known in all the earth. And as a part of that, we, we have, as a church, some, uh, some financial responsibilities that we hope to tackle. Uh, but we want to do all of that with an understanding of what God has called us to do at Colonial Heights. What is our mission? What is our vision? What is God calling us to do in particular? And so last week, we, we considered our mission statement. Together, we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. We, we did that by looking to God's word, first and foremost, in Matthew 28, as we see Jesus give this command to us, this commission to us. And so today, one of our, our core truths here is that we belong. And, and just as Bob said there at the very end, he said, you know, we all want to belong to something, whether it's a team, uh, there, there's something about us that would like to be a part of something bigger than just us. We like the thought of our tribe, our family, our, our people, whoever they may be. And so 
this isn't just uh, the, the human nature. It's also how God has designed us specifically in the church to exist together, to be more than just yourself individually. So I, I will say I have preached from this text before, even here at Colonial Heights. And so if you are one who uh, like writes in your Bible, you might find uh, a few years ago that I, you might find similar notes or similar thoughts because, uh, well, the, the text says the same thing as it said a few years ago. So it's possible that I will say some of the same things. Uh, I hope, I'm not, I'm not gonna change it. Um, and so, but, but I do hope that, that we will uh, see God's word with a richness to it that reminds us what we have been called to here. And so we, it leads us, this, this is gonna be, uh, we'll read it in just a second, but we'll start in, in verse 12. But this passage really helps us think some about membership. And, and when we, we say this belonging phrase because there are some who attend here, and I'm gonna speak to some of you uh, as well, but you are, you are not uh, a member here, and that's just maybe you're kind of a guest, you're trying it out, you're testing it out, maybe you're just here with a family member today, uh, and there are some who are members, and so there is a belonging to this group that's more than just I show up here on Sunday mornings, and maybe even Sunday nights, maybe Wednesday nights. I, you can attend, but there is something different that shifts when you say, we belong here, I belong here, I'm a member here, and so we actually believe that membership does matter, that it has value. Now, certainly, again, we can gather together week after week and sing like we've just done. We can hear preaching. We can open up God's word. We can even give some money, and you can go on your merry little way. But that's, maybe, maybe the question today is like, how does all of this not just the gathering, but how does belonging affect us in our attaining the mission that God has set before us? So I think we will see that in this text overall. So why don't we do that? Why don't we read God's word? So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. Paul writes, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would, should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. 
nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. See, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We're going to pause there at at 27. What we see today is that there is one body of Christ. There's there's one body of Christ, right? This is a pretty clear picture here. There are many members of it. We will discuss that later. But there is one body of Christ. When I think about this whatever-it-takes campaign and, and push, I, it does. It takes me to Matthew 24. The gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We are looking for the end to come. You're going to hear that over and over and over. This is what we want. We want for Christ to bring his people to himself and to gather around the throne for people from every nation, tribe, and language and sing salvation belongs to our God. We want that end to come. And so like Matthew 24, we've got to do whatever it takes to get the gospel to all the people, all the nations, all the tribes, so that they hear the gospel so that that end will come. And that means that it takes everyone. We, we talked about this last week, right? This isn't a, a one-person kind of job. I don't know if how, how loud the loudspeaker can get, but one person can't do it, right? It's, it's not possible. If you, if you even think about uh, Billy Graham is argued to have been, uh, have, have communicated the gospel verbally, to more people in person than any other person in human history, right? Now, there's other people like Paul who wrote it that we have far more, right? But like in his lifetime, he spoke the gospel to more people than probably anybody else ever, and he's still not enough. I mean, millions upon millions of people that, that were in, I, I heard him speak. Anybody else ever hear him in person, Right? It was, it was pretty special. I'm very thankful for the ministry that he had. But guess what? He would even have said he wasn't enough. Right? Like it doesn't matter. Like that, that's not the job. Like in fact, not all of us. In fact, if you go to the very end, it tells us that not all of us are called to that work. Right? But it takes everybody. And so here's what I want you to understand. When it comes to this whatever it takes idea, I'm not asking for random people on the street to participate in the whatever it takes campaign. I'm not asking for your your coworkers who I do not know to participate. I'm asking Colonial Heights Baptist Church to do whatever it takes practically to end our debt so that we can reach our world. Like that's, that's the task set before us. It's not set before everybody. Yes, is the task for to reach all nations before all believers? Yes, but we have a particular task. So by God's grace, I hope you realize this between us, 
I'm not worried if we have enough money between us to accomplish this goal. That is far from my fear. It's just, are we willing to relinquish it? We're willing to, to sacrifice, to give up, to do something different. And so, yes, there is one body of Christ. And while there is one global body of Christ, like the body of Christ, there are many local bodies of Christ, local churches gathering together week after week after week. It makes me think of Romans 12. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having, put, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So understand that the entire global body of Christ is not being tasked to end our debt. But we here at Colonial Heights Baptist Church are. We are being called to tackle this task so that we can be free to answer the call that the whole global body of Christ does have, which is make disciples of all nations. Because we all have that task. We want to be free from that issue of debt. So I realize that we belong is one of our core truths, but I hope, and, and so you hear it, you see it on a t-shirt, you see it on the, the wall, or you, you see it on a banner outside, those kind of things, but I, I hope that it, and maybe after today, it will mean more because it won't just be a phrase that you've seen on a banner somewhere, but it'll be something that has kind of come to life in the words of scripture. So first, I want you to be reminded that we belong to Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. We, we are together, we are belong together in Christ. So Christ, he is the head, Colossians 1. As Matthew's been preaching on Sunday night, he took us to Colossians 1 just a couple weeks ago. He's the head of the body of the church. This is Christ. This is who he is, right? If, if there is nothing else that you understand that unites us, we need to understand that this is, a, is the thing that unites us, is that we are together in Christ. He is who, who bonds us, binds us together. Jonathan Lehman, an author, writes this, there's one thing that should be utterly clear in a Christian's mind. The local church does not exist by permission of the state. It exists by the express authorization of Jesus. After all, Jesus is imperial, not the state. Uh, here's why I say that, because uh, we have brothers and sisters around the world that it is entirely illegal for them to do what we are currently doing, right? And yet they are doing it. 
So it's not, this isn't about whether or not the state, the government says it's okay for us to meet or not, for us to gather or not. We don't belong together because the United States of America says it's okay. We belong together because Christ said we belong together. This is how it works. This is, what, this, is why we, this is why we lean on scripture, not on whatever the government around us has decided or not decided. I'm not, well, I would like for them to continue to give us that freedom. I, I'm thankful for that freedom. But if they take it away, it doesn't mean we stop, right? And, and I think about like our, our brothers in, right, right now, in fact, today we start praying for Nepal and the country of Nepal. And I, I think, about brothers and sisters that we've had the opportunity to meet. And right now, there's great persecution happening there. Where, where they are, uh, it's illegal for them to share the gospel. And yet, God by his grace is still sending the message forth. Right? Like they, they're, they're together with us they are together with other brothers and sisters because, because Christ put them together. Not because Nepal did. Not because they look alike or sound alike. Not because they voted for the same president. But because Christ put them together. We belong together in Christ. Secondly, we belong together in baptism. We didn't plan it this way, but I was awfully glad Elijah was baptized today. It just, you worked so well for my sermon, Elijah, thanks. Right, verse 13, for one in spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. So this, this picture of baptism is a, uh, it's a, it's a reminder like when, when Elijah was baptized today, it was actually for a few different reasons. One, he identified with Christ, the very one who said that we belong. Like this, this one who uh, we belong together in Christ, he actually identifies with him. Why? Because Jesus, the Christ, was actually baptized. So he is identifying with the very same thing that Jesus did. But in addition, he's identifying with the body of Christ, with the people of God and saying, I'm one of you. Like, I'm, I'm a part of this group. Like, in fact, uh, in, in those harder-to-reach places, in those uh, persecuted parts of the world, it's not the, uh, oftentimes, like, the, the prayer that we give to ask for salvation that's so uh, dangerous. It's when people make it public that the rest of the people don't like. So, Elijah, there are people that would have hated that you did that. It would, have, it would have not liked to see that you were making a public proclamation. And it didn't just come because you made a video and said that. It's because you, you, you went about it by doing exactly what Scripture said and said, I'm, I'm being baptized in front of God and everybody that this is who I am. I'm no longer dead, but I'm alive in Christ Jesus. Like I'm, I'm belonging to Christ, and now I'm declaring that I belong to the body of Christ, to these people, and in particular, to I want to belong to the people of Colonial Heights. See why I'm really glad Elijah got baptized today? Like, right, you're identifying with Christ and with the church. 
Ephesians 4 says there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. It belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. This is really helpful. For, for those who, I get it, you're actually here, so sometimes statements like this is like preaching to the choir, I get it, but like Jonathan Lehman, again, in his book on church membership, he says, once you choose Christ, you choose his people too. You don't just get some. Like you, you either get him and all of his people or not. It would be like you saying to me, hey, I want to be friends with you, but I don't like your wife. Guess what? We're not friends. Like, that's not how that works. We are one. Like, Glory and I, we have become one, so if, if you don't like her, which is absurd, then, then I mean, if there's one of us unlikable, okay. Uh, but, like, if, if that were to happen, then, then you, we would not, like, this would not work. Like, our friendship would be void because you don't like a part of me. So, Christ, this is his body. This is him. So you don't get to say, I like Jesus, but I don't like his church. And so for all of you who sometimes wrestle with that, like uh, the hypocrites in the church, guess what? You are one too. Like, this is what we do. We, this is what sinners are. What we want to be is a group of sinners that say, not that we want to live in hypocrisy, but we want to say, thank God we are redeemed by him so that even when we sin, he has forgiven us and draws us in the act of sanctification to look more and more and more like Christ. Like this is what it looks like to belong together. So yeah, like this is, this is package deal. So a baptism is a display that like I'm in the deal. This is, this is all of it. So we belong together in baptism and we belong together in spirit. It's like that just kind of flows right into it, right? Still in that same passage, uh, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. This is an idea that like, the, it's not that in baptism you're given the Holy Spirit. It's that, that when uh, you are made alive in Christ. He gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, Acts 1 kind of gives us that promise and then we see it fulfilled as the Spirit fills the people. The Spirit has always existed, by the way. He's, he's part of the Trinity God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, always existed. It's not like he just came around in Acts chapter 2, but he, he took on a particular responsibility with us in, in the flesh that he now, like we become the temple, the, the place where the Holy Spirit resides. So we don't have to go any longer to a temple. We, the, the curtain was torn in two at the cross, right? We get to go in because of the Holy Spirit. So I'm awfully glad that we are together in the Spirit. So we, we link together because of Christ and because of the Spirit. This next part, kind of skip past the several verses and we'll come back to them. But staying with that belonging, we belong together in suffering. Right? Verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Oh, there is suffering that happens to us, right? 
There's two, two particular types of suffering that I think of. One is that that happens to us. So that causes us to weep together. Causes us to, uh, to need help when, when, when we are hurt by our, our job. Our boss offends us or we are, maybe we're even fired, removed. Not, we, don't, we looked past for the promotion. Maybe it is that uh, our, our marriage is crumbling and, and, and it's happening to us in that kind of way. Maybe, maybe something's happening to our parents or, or maybe someone is sick. Maybe your friend is sick. Maybe your loved one is sick. Maybe your, your spouse, your child is sick. And this tells us that we don't struggle alone. This tells us that you're not supposed to try to do this by yourself. means that there is quite particularly a shoulder to cry on. There's a meal to be shared. There is a, like someone to help think through tough decisions, offer counsel. There's suffering that happens to us, but also there's suffering that we bring about on ourselves when we, when we choose to sin. And so in this way, friends then actually speak truth into us. Not just comfort us when something bad has happened to us, but like they're the friends that, that like look at your taxes and make sure you're like on the up and up. They're the friends that will look at your history on your web browser to make sure you haven't been looking at something you're not supposed to. They're the friends that will know when your spouse is out of town. They'll be your friends who know. They'll be willing to talk to you about your own personal debt. They'll talk to you about your own anger, the rage that sometimes you're short-tempered with your children. Any of those kind of things, they know what your struggles are. They know what is hard for you. They, they know what is kind of easy for you. It doesn't, doesn't come difficulty. That Those kinds of friends should be in this Body. Like this is why you belong here so that there would be other people within this group that would know you that way. And I will just commend to you the, the ministry that happens within life groups because you and I both know those conversations aren't starting in like just the chairs in this room. Right? The likelihood is we're not taking prayer requests in which you could share those things in this room. We're doing that in smaller, smaller group settings where you can get to know each other and actually have those conversations. Maybe it, maybe it starts here, but I would just encourage you. In fact, if you do not have a life group, I was talking to Jerry about this. If you do not have a, a life group, like right after this, you can go to the, um, like the welcome desk right outside and someone will be there to help you find one because it is worth, worth your extra hour on a Sunday. I, I can assure you of that. You don't need everyone in this room to know all of your sufferings and all of your trials, but you need somebody to. You need somebody to walk through that with you. Right? That's why Paul talks about this in Colossians. He says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, filling up in the lacking of Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church. Like the, the church needs to know about the suffering that it's going through. So like you gotta walk through this together. And, and if you aren't suffering, you probably have. If you haven't and aren't, warning, you will. 
This, the Bible tells us that. But you're not alone in it. And here's the other part. We belong together in celebration. That's also good news, right? So, so we're not here just so that we can be a shoulder to cry on. We can like hold up the hand in victory together when the baby is born and everything's great and we, uh, like graduation happens and marriage happens and college happens and you get a new job and you do get the promotion and, and you do, like everything happens okay with adoption and I even thought about this, like, and you move. Right? I don't know if this falls in the suffering category or the celebration category, but like you have to pack up everything, move houses, and your life group is happy to volunteer to do that for you. They don't know that, but they will. <laughs> in fact, just yesterday, just yesterday, I, uh, I saw there was a few couples uh, at dinner, and they, they had just moved somebody else in their life group, and I think it was the second or third couple. They're all young and happy, and uh, they... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all happy, it's great. But like, they, they, had all, like, they had all moved and moved again. Like, then somebody else moved, and they're like the young married's moving company. And they just moved the next one. And, and here's what's awesome. Like, they knew that's who they could call. They knew they could call, like, hey, I mean, I, I need, we need some help. We need a couple trucks. We need whatever. And so like, maybe, maybe that's who you need to call the young married moving company. I don't know, but... But like, that's a celebration, right? Like all of those things, and we do that together. This, this isn't just the mourning and weeping together. It is that. But it is also the rejoicing and celebrating and praising God for the good that happens. We get to do that together. Like, I, I don't even know what it would feel like to win something and not, nobody be allowed to know but you. What a boring win, right? Like, if your team wins, like, you want the team to win. Like, if you win a championship and, like, it's just crickets, no, like, you, you want every, like, you, this is a celebration. We belong together in celebration. And finally, I would say, we belong together. We, we belong together. Like, in fact, like this text reminds us of that. For just as the body is one, as many members, all the members of the body, so many are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Like, this is who you are. We belong together. Yes, in Christ, in baptism, to suffer together, to celebrate together but we, we belong together. Ecclesia is, is this word often translated church. It actually means gathering. And 114 times in the New Testament, 90 of them were specifically referring to local churches, like a local gathering of people. And I've already mentioned next week we will specifically discuss this idea of we gather. But part of the reason we gather is because we belong. Right? Like we get together because we aren't just one. And I want to specifically challenge you this morning. I'm looking out here, and I know that some of you are attenders at this point, and I specifically want to challenge you 
If you are a regular attender here, consider joining us. Like, belong with us. We would love to have a greater commitment from you and to you. We want to, you to join with us in this task of making disciples, glorifying God by making disciples of all nations. We want to do this with you. If you're not in a life group, today is the day. Start that today. Make sure that like, the rest of your week, like Monday through Saturday, that it's intertwined with the people. Like, don't let Sunday be the only time you see people from Colonial Heights. Look for ways to intertwine your life with their life. If you can avoid missing, don't miss. For those of you who are at home right now, I want you to know we want you here. You might be missing because uh, you're out of town. We want you here. You might be missing. Really, you've been gone for a couple years, gotten out of the habit because of COVID and whatever else. We want you to hear this. We want you here. We love you. We miss you. We want you to be here. If you belong to us, be with us. Oh, like, just know that, that if, if you are here right now and maybe, maybe there's other weeks, like this is a once a month kind of thing, oh, like, be here every week. I get it. There's times we miss. All of us do that, but like, strive to be here. Like, do you, do you consider your church family when you think about things like where you, where you are moving? Like, how far away are you moving? Like, is it going to be too far from the body of Christ that you are belonging to? Do you think about that? Like you think about the school system you're going to live in or not live in or whatever. Do you think about like the, the church family that you're going to be too far away from? Is that ever a part of your consideration? Like is taking a job somewhere else uh, considered because of your church family? How will your job changes affect the opportunities that it has for you to, to care for people in the church. So, we belong. We belong together. There, there is one body of Christ. There are many members of the body. There are many members. I told you we'd come back to these, some of these verses here. And I want you to notice, I love how he picks like these different body parts and says like you could like the foot doesn't look at the ear and say, I don't need you. And the ear doesn't look at the nose and say, I don't need you. And the eye doesn't look at the hand and say, I don't need you, right? Like every part is needed. I don't know which part you are in particular. I certainly, uh, I don't even wanna know which part God thinks I am in this scenario. Uh, but, but I am thankful at, that I have a part here and that so do you. We are each a part of a key, important part. And so I would argue that we are each unique in responsibility. In the same way that the ear's responsibility is to hear, and the eye's responsibility is to see, and the foot's responsibility is to keep us standing or walking or running or whatever the thing is, right? Like each of us have a unique responsibility. When I think about that in particular uh, with the whatever it takes, I hope you understand that each person 
each family will bring a different financial contribution. And each one is important. You know, I love like our preschoolers, our kids, they got these new banks they get to put their coins in and, and they enjoy that, right? And so that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a way for them to participate in this. And the adults and the students, we were talking about uh, in staff meeting a few weeks ago, we were talking about, hey, what are the kids gonna do? And they were showing us their bank and students are gonna do this fundraiser thing uh, they're gonna do and they're excited about that. And somebody said, what are the adults gonna do? Like, you know, like what's the, catchy thing they're going to do, and the staff member was like, they're just going to give. Like, it's not real exciting. They're just going to write a check. It's going to be great. And so uh, I'm glad that that's what y'all are going to do. It's so exciting. This is our plan. And so, yeah, we are trying to raise $5 million in three years, and it's, it's a challenge for us. Like, this is going to push us, but when we're saying whatever it takes, we need to understand whatever it takes. Side note, if you are one who does like online giving and you simply want to change your like amount or whatever that your recurring gift, you just have to cancel the one you have and set a new one, right? If you need help with that, call the business office here. They would love to help you do that. If you're one like that's that's how you're giving, do it that way. It doesn't have to go in a little coin slot in the preschool area, okay? But but everyone has a different amount and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you don't need to feel guilty because your amount is less than somebody else's amount. Your amount is probably bigger than somebody else's amount too, right? So, so think of that. And this is huge, not just with that, but not only are we each unique in responsibility, not just financially, but otherwise, but we are each equal in value. You know, like, that, that, that doesn't change because you're male or female, because you're Jew or Greek, because you're slave or free, right? This is because you are bonded together. We are one in Christ, so we are equal in Christ. Yes, certainly we have different responsibility, different tasks, different jobs in the church, but everyone has equal value. This doesn't change because the color of your skin doesn't change because of your gender. It changes none only that we are together in Christ. We are made by him. I love how, how in these verses 14 to 20, like all of these different body parts like, have no greater value than the other, according to this. One body. So certainly we are individual in nature. We are each individual. So I hope you see that, that we want to rejoice in the fact that you are different well, we're very glad you're different than me, right? But, but like each one of us is individually made, designed by God, uniquely, wonderfully made by God to be who you are. You were designed to be, uh, some of you designed to be a white man. Some of us designed to be a, a black woman, like, somebody, like designed by God. And we rejoice that you are here and belonging to us. And we praise God that he made you the way he made you. You're unique, you're individual in your nature, but we look, we look to that and beyond it to say we belong together in Christ. We are, we are individual, equal, unique, but praise God, we are together. You are the body of Christ. Yes, individually members of it, verse 27. But which one of that is most important? That you're individual members of it or that you are in the body of Christ? 
This is, this is what makes up the body of Christ is the individuals, right? You don't separate them. This is it. Now, I need you to hear this. You, you can't belong if you don't belong to Christ. You can come here and we welcome you to be here week after week after week. We would love for you to observe and watch and participate. But the reason we belong together is because we are bound together in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that might sound really odd to you, but let me explain. There's a God. There's one God. He's creator and sustainer of all things. He's holy, perfect, righteous, just, always does good, always does right. And we, as people, have sinned against him. We've offended him. We've, we've done wrong. And so we've been separated from God. That makes sense. Our imperfections and his perfections, they can't be together. And so by his grace, something giving us something good that we do not deserve, he sent his son, Jesus. Because the only, the, the, the punishment for our offense to him was not just the separation, it was the eternal separation with, with death. And so the, the only way then for us to be reconciled back to God was for blood to be spilled, for death to happen. So we could, this could either be on us or he could send his son, Jesus, who would live a perfect life that we could not live and die a death that we deserve to die. So that's exactly what happened. Jesus came, he died. He died on a cross for our sin. In fact, at the end, he says, it is finished. He's taken that penalty, that punishment. He took it on himself. And the reason we know that that worked, that the task was accomplished, was because on the third day, Jesus rose again. He defeated death and hell. He defeated that separation for us. And, and that's offered to all people that, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means that if you're here today, you say, I wanna, I wanna be a part of this family. I wanna be in on all of that. That sounds good to suffer with me, to celebrate with me. I wanna be in that. Yeah, we want you to too. We, we long for you to be a part of this. But there is something you have to do. You have to see that truth that Jesus died for your sin. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. You need to turn away that's called repentance. Turn away from your sin, yourself, your, your plans, and instead trust in Jesus. The hope, the one who, who reconciles you back to this God and puts you, places you in the family of God for all eternity so that you can belong with him forever and ever and ever. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Yeah, there's, there's stuff you, you push aside. You say, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to make my own rules anymore. I'm not going to make my own plans. I'm going to follow his. But I'm telling you, his plans are better anyway. His ways are better. 
So, so trust in Jesus. In just a minute, uh, we're gonna sing together. And it's possible that uh, that is, well, maybe you've heard it dozens of times. But maybe it's new to you or maybe you've got questions about it. Maybe it's happened and you have trusted in Jesus. You just wanna, you just wanna tell somebody. I'm, then in just a minute, when we stand to sing in, to this room to my left, I wanna invite you to make your way there. Tell somebody. We wanna, we wanna pray with you. We wanna celebrate with you. Maybe it is you really are in one of those suffering spots and you just want somebody to pray for you, pray with you. You can go there for that too. Say, I just, I, I don't wanna suffer alone. Oh, then, then make, that, make that today that you don't have to suffer alone. Maybe it is that you are one of those who says, I've been visiting, <laughs> I've been a guest here a while. It's time for us to belong. Maybe you would make your way to this room to say, we, it's time. It's time for us to belong here. And we would love to take those steps with you. The truth is, no matter what, all of this is possible because of Christ, because he is the gift made for us. And so it is him that we exalt over all things. We exalt him over Colonial Heights. We exalt him over your life group. We exalt him over the preaching, over the teaching. We, we exalt Christ over all. Meaning that we lift him above every other thing, every other choice, every other option. And so that's what we're gonna sing today. We're gonna sing that Christ is exalted over all. So would you stand with me now as we respond? <laughs>